is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Chicago has more lead service lines than any other city in the country. Nearly 400,000 of these pipes connect homes and apartment buildings with the main water lines. Lead is known to cause brain damage, and removing these lines has been on the agenda of many a Chicago mayor. But so far, significant progress has not been made. Now, removing and replacing them is no easy feat, but a $336 million loan from the EPA could help the city pick up the pace. Here with more information about how the city is approaching this problem is Andrea Cheng, an engineer specializing in water safety and serving as the commissioner of the City of Chicago Department of Water Management. Hi, Andrea. Welcome. Hi. Thanks for having me. Also with us, Karen Weigert, Reset's sustainability contributor and director of Loyola University Chicago's Baumart Center for Social Enterprise and Responsibility. Hey, Karen. Hey, Sasha. I'll start with you. Tell us, how does what we see in Chicago compare to what is happening across the country? Let's start there. Let's start there. Well, uh, I think it would start simply with this loan is a really big step, uh, but it's a really big step that Chicago absolutely needs because Chicago, as you mentioned, has the most lead service lines of any city in the country. Illinois has the most of any state in the country. And uh, not only do we have this high presence, Chicago hasn't moved aggressively to remove them. And if you go back over the last few years, only a few thousand have been removed. So, we are not leading the nation. There are other places, other cities, other states that have moved really aggressively. They don't have the scale of the problem that we have, mm -hmm. but they've shown pathways forward. And the, the city that was a laggard and is now a leader that is referenced with some regularity is Newark, New Jersey. Not a place oh, really? you're thinking that's the leader in lead pipe removal, but they had 23,000 lines. They have gone after all of them. And they've even used different digging techniques that are cheaper than what we've been able to do here in Chicago. So. There is the possibility to move faster. This is a great step for Chicago to see this loan come in. So remind us of, of the health perspective here, Commissioner Cheng. Uh, what are the problems that lead can pose to people's brains? Um, well, I think that uh, it's well known, um, the impacts of lead. I think uh, in Chicago, in particular, lead paint is the reason that people have elevated blood lead levels. But removing lead service on a, uh, is, of course, an important part of re reducing the overall exposure uh, for our residents. What's the level of risk in our drinking water right now? Um, I don't think there's a good way to quantify the level of risk. Um, I think that it depends on the house, what your uh, lead levels are. Um, it can depend a lot on your, the amount of water that you use in your house. Uh, and so we always tell people to go ahead and get your free lead test kit. Because um, you can have a neighbor that has really high levels and you can have very low, even though you both might have a lead service line. But we help offer them through our 311 program. I see. So Karen, get us on the same page here, right? Uh, some context for the, for the history of trying to make progress on the issue. I mean, because everyone can get behind the idea. So why has it been so tough in practice? It's been a really challenging topic. It's a challenging topic nationally. Uh, it's I mean, if this stuff is unsafe, yeah. why don't we fix it? And fast. It's that that is the high level that everybody wants to get to and i think there's there's some challenges that have gotten us to this point and then uh, we've got to figure out the steps to rectify and some of the challenges that got us to this point are that chicago did require them for so long so that we actually have this huge number we're talking 400,000 this is not a small thing and if you take that number and then you translate that into the dollars to address that's why how much it costs to remove each one is so important if there are ways to reduce that cost. But we're talking billions of dollars, uh, absolutely billions of dollars. So there's an extraordinary amount of complexity. 
And I think it's also important to remember that not everybody's impacted the same way, certainly house to house, but also Metropolitan Planning Council did a study a couple of years ago and they looked statewide and black and Latino residents are more than twice as likely to live in places with high prevalence of lead service lines. Right. So it is an issue that is felt disproportionately and it's it's a very expensive issue, but it's very expensive dollars to remove, but very expensive in the price we're already paying. Gotcha. Well, Commissioner, the uh, Metropolitan Water Reclamation District, uh, it's been working on getting this loan for three years. So so this oh, is a big accomplishment. Chicago Department of Water Management. The Metropolitan Water Reclamation District does wastewater. Okay, so your group, this My is group is this the is Chicago a, Department of Water Management, and this is a big accomplishment for you folks. Yes, I understand you've been including this loan in your in your budgeting for a while now. Can you talk more about that? Sure. Yeah, uh, it's through the U.S. EPA's uh, WIFIA program, um, and so those loans can take a while to close. They're very large, but um, very beneficial. They're usually pretty competitive in terms of interest rates. Um, and presents another avenue for financing for us, uh, particularly for the public side. So uh, we have a lot of um, stones that we've been looking under in terms of finding some funding to get these programs going. Um, You have to have certain types of funding for the private side compared to the public side. Of course, I should rewind. There's a public and a private side to lead service lines. Um, And uh, we've been able to use creative things like uh, community development block block grants, CDBG grants for some of our equity programs. Um, And we've gotten things like uh, federal earmarks. um, And we've been able to get uh, little pieces put together here and there to try and cobble together a program. Uh, And hopefully we'll be competing to get some of the IIJA money in July 2024 from the Illinois EPA. Um, However, there's caps of about $2.8 per community for that funding. So we continue to look for large sources of either financing or funding like this with you. So this loan is is just going to be used to fund the the breaks and leaks program? As well as some of our block level. So we have about six different programs and the block level uh, is ones where we do a lead service line replacement alongside a water main replacement or a sewer main replacement. And and so depending on weather, uh, there are about 4,000 reported service lines breaking or leaking per year. When you get that call, what actually happens? Sure. So um, when uh, there's a broken uh, lead service line, the homeowner calls 311, and our crews come out to check it, see where the the, uh, break is, whether it's on the public side or the private side. Um, If it's on the public side, we do like a temporary repair just to stop the leak while we get prepared for the lead service line replacement. Um, If it's on the private side, it's up to the homeowner if they want to do a temporary repair or if the leak isn't too bad and we can wait um, for the lead service line replacement. And then it goes into our work order system. Uh, we spent a lot of time and effort making sure that before we began replacing 400,000 lead service lines, 10 times what a lot of other cities do, mm-hmm. um, that we had the IT processes in place. So um, all of that is updated real time in the field, and we perform the lead service line replacement for free uh, for the homeowner, both for the public and the private side. So as you mentioned, Commissioner, starting this year, under state law, your group has to completely replace the service line when there's a break. And that's both the private and public side. So talk a bit more about what kind of opportunity and challenge that presents. Sure. Yeah, I think it's, um, to be clear, the state law mandates that we replace 
the public side and, mm -hmm. and present opportunities to replace the private side. But Chicago has decided it's important to make it completely free for both sides. It's something that, um, you know, we're very passionate about here, and it is not an easy goal to achieve. So, um, so how, is it, like, how is it going? Good. Everything that we have done, uh, five of our six programs are free. There's one program we offer that's called Homeowner Initiated. If somebody's doing, say, a rehab on a home and already has a plumber on board, we waive the permit fees up to $5,000. Um, but for the rest of our programs, block level, breaks and leaks, our daycare, uh, as well as our equity, um, all of those are done completely for free. Uh, sticking with you for another moment here, Commissioner, the state recently granted a waiver to be able to do what's known as trenchless replacement, which could speed up the process. Can you explain? Sure, yeah, in April 2022, after quite a while of advocacy from Chicago and some of the other communities in Illinois, um, uh, Illinois Department of Public Health was able to provide a waiver specifically for lead service line replacement um, that meant that every time we replace a lead service line, we don't also have to replace the private sewer drain uh, that could be very close to it nearby. Traditionally, by um, state code, we would have to replace both at the same time. Mm -hmm. As you can imagine, that is expensive, and that meant that we had to physically open up the tre a trench large enough to do both the work for both of it. By allowing us to have that waiver, we could do trenchless, which is what we've been doing, both pipe bowling and um, HDD, uh, horizontal directional drilling, since then, and that's been a great help, both for cost savings as well as for time. You're also expecting that thousands of jobs will be created in this process. So how are you building up the capacity of apprenticeship programs to find and train people to do this work. Yeah, yeah, and that's definitely a big issue for Illinois. The ratio of uh, plumbers to lead service lines in Illinois is uh, very low uh, compared to most states. And um, for sure, trying to find the right amount of trades to do this work is, is going to be the challenge of, of the next few generations, honestly. This is, this is the kind of um, career that when I talk to young people, I tell them, go become a plumber. <laughs> you can spend your career working on lead service line replacement. Yeah. Um, so we have a, a labor apprentice program. Uh, within our department um, that is going to help with our uh, labor that's part of the crew that does a lead service on replacement for our department. Um, we're doing a bunch of hiring. We hired about 400 people last year in our department. Um, a good portion of those were for lead as we try to build up our, our capacity in-house. But then also on the contracting uh, side of things, we're working on making sure that as we let contracts, um, we're providing the best opportunities for uh, minority business enterprise uh, participation, as well as workforce development in those arenas as well. Karen, oddly enough, this is about the second or third time this week that I've had a conversation talking about the need for, for plumbers. Absolutely. Uh, for many, many reasons. But the, the trades are, are incredible places to build a life and a career. Yeah. And you can be in service of your neighbors. So we've got lead pipes. There's lead paint, lead and gasoline. How does all of this lead play a role in our environment, Karen? Well, luckily, we're reducing the occurrence. We're reducing the new lead. But if you look nationally, it's estimated there are 400,000 deaths a year related to lead. And you just mentioned so many of the ways that we have put it into our environment. We see it around us, and you see it in places that are visible, but the lead isn't visible. And so we've talked about it in water, but it's also in the soils around us. Mm -hmm. uh, so when you're thinking about growing a garden, that's a particularly important reason to have raised beds, test the soil underneath, because the lead is not just in the water. Uh, it's on the walls, depending on what your home is like. And it yeah. not just it impacts us, as we talked about earlier. It also impacts 
local communities of plants and of animals, invertebrates uh, and uh, actually other vertebrates actually can have some of the similar issues with neurological impacts. So yeah. it's around us. So connect the dots. How is removing lead lines a sustainability issue? Removing lead lines creates healthy water around all of us. It's actually at its core probably an environmental justice question. But if we think about a city that is thriving and a community that is a healthy ecosystem uh, where people can live, work, play, and learn in a way that they can sustain not what they do but what the future generations will do, you have to have healthy water in the mix. And lead is in the way of that for far too many families right now. Can you lay out, Commissioner, where across the city these lead lines will be replaced? Um, so for breaks and leaks, obviously we can't plan ahead for that. Um, those happen as you know as they occur, usually seasonally, usually worse in the winter. Right. Um, for block level, we're prioritizing by environmental justice factors. Um, and uh, for our daycares, uh, we are focusing on daycares that serve low-income communities, mostly on the south and west side. Um, and for equity, um, the eligibility is based on income factor, based by um, HUD, which ends up focusing on low-income communities, mostly, again, on the, the south and west side. So the vast majority of our lead service on replacements uh, have all been done in uh, low-income communities. And this is a loan, Commissioner. So what kind of funding are you hoping for after this runs out? Um, we will be applying for multiple, um, you know, loans for financing, but also um, grants. We'll be continuing to apply for, for example, EPA's WIN grant, um, and we'll be competing for the Illinois EPA's um, funding for 2024, which, like I said, would include um, some of that IIJA money that has uh, a loan with principal forgiveness, as it's called, which is essentially a grant. Is passing the cost on to consumers on the table? Um, we're hoping to avoid that. You know, we really think that this is a problem that cannot be solved by just raising rates. I think that the state and federal involvement is critical, um, and that's why our advocacy and our, our partners' advocacy at the state and federal level is critical as well. We know that when you dig a hole in the ground, it can disturb trees. So, so leave us with this. How are you working, Commissioner, to minimize the environmental impact here? Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. You know, we want to make sure that as we're doing lead service on replacement, we're not creating a different environmental problem by getting rid of trees. Um, and so that's why the trench list is so important. Um, you know, not just pipe pulling, but also the horizontal directional drilling. Um, you know, that's going to help save trees. Uh, and it, in fact, you know, the ability for us to have gotten that waiver in April of 2022 does help save trees. That's Andrea Cheng, Commissioner of the City of Chicago's Department of Water Management, and Karen Weigert, Resets Sustainability Contributor. Thank you both. Thank you.